They're really strong. Where am I? I open my eyes and I'm laying down on an old, wet, Spanish cobblestone street. My eyes slowly open. It's nighttime. I'm soaked from the light drizzle. A low growl. In front of me, a large, black dog. It charges at me and... Okay. How did Brian end up here with a nightmarish dog creature charging at him like he was a delicious treat? Let's back up a few days to how this all started and to this week's story, La Chica de la Curva, The Girl on the Curve. One week earlier. I'm on my way to Spain for a wedding. Nothing related to the folklore's journey. Just some time away for a short little vacation. But sometimes, a good story just has its way of finding you, no matter where you are. It's a long flight. So, let's see what we can find out about our destination. We'll be landing in Madrid, Spain's capital. Just a short 16-hour flight. Sarcasm, friends. But on a map, it doesn't seem too far from the wedding location in El Escorial. So I'd asked Mel to see what they could send me about the area. Just for curiosity's sake. And they did not disappoint. While Madrid is the current capital and the second largest city in all of the EU, with a population of just over 3 million and the highest in elevation capital city in Europe, that has not always been the case. In 1562, King Felipe II of Spain decided to move the capital to El Escorial, located on the southern slopes of Mount Abantos. At the time, if you were king or queen, you had the power to move your capital to your preferred location. Felipe's dream would be to build a kingdom that would be a monastery, a library, a museum, and a center of studies. To execute this plan, he sent out a team to evaluate the terrain. But this team encountered difficulties. Locals would tell the legend that this move was constantly discouraged, that the devil himself lived in a cave at the foot of the mountain. An old coal mine there was actually one of the entrances to the underworld that was at the foot of the mountain. And this team would encounter sounds and interruptions of growls anytime they were near the area, seemingly knowing their intention and voicing their displeasure. And despite all this, the king decided to move forward. Stay safe. I'll send you more tales and info later. Okay. Well, that's enough nighttime stories. If I want to be able to sleep, I'm going to pause on the underworld reading. (sighs) I get to Madrid, and it's beautiful. I take in the sights on the taxi in, asking for the longer, more scenic route. We pass by the world-famous Prado Museum. Spain's main national art museum, with art collected from Europe dating from as early as the 12th century, ranging in thousands in terms of paintings and sculptures. Next up, if you're a fan of football, soccer to most of us Americans, like me, you'll appreciate the next site we pass. Founded in 1902 and home to Spain's world-famous club Real Madrid, it's Stadium Santiago Bernabeu. Completed in 1947, It is the third largest club stadium in all of Europe with the ability to seat 81,044 people. Not only one of the winningest clubs in all of Spain, 
been in all of European football history. Getting closer to my hotel, I ask to be let out so I can walk through the Plaza Mayor, the town's main old public square, the largest in all of Europe. Its buildings architecture were constructed in the Renaissance period, and today this square has come a long way from its previous uses of executions during the Spanish Inquisitions, a dark time in Spanish history in which those falsely accused of witchcraft were put on trial. Today, none of that. Far from that. Instead, the Plaza Mayor is the center of shops, cafes, and even the oldest restaurant in the world, Soprino de Botín, open since 1725. I find myself at one of the arched exits to the square, at the Arco de Cochireros, where the taxi driver told me would lead me to one of the most famous tapas areas. If you don't know what tapas are, they're delicious small plates of food. Okay, so I grab a Spanish omelet, a little different than what I'm used to, but nevertheless, very delicious. Made with potatoes, eggs, and olive oil. And I finish it off with a churro with chocolate. Before finishing up, I can't help but realize that Spanish in Spain is just slightly different. To me, anyway. The waiter tells me that their Spanish is called Castilian, with a slightly different but yet still similar structure. My ears still pick it up as the variation is fascinating to me. Same, but different. I am finally able to slow down, though, which is perfect, as here it is almost time for a siesta. A midday break taken in Madrid, where everything just stops for a few hours. Even stores close. I check into my hotel. It is at this point that I really realize that unless you've been to a place, you really don't know how far things are. And apparently Madrid, Spain is close to where the wedding is. But not that close in terms of time. Places on a map are much further than they appear. At least if you're, you know, just glancing. It's actually in El Escorial, or as I'm corrected by the locals, it's San Lorenzo de El Escorial. I say corrected like it's a bad thing. I like being told. I don't want to walk around saying the wrong thing. Or, you know, ignorant. More than usual, at least. I want to know more and just see the sights of San Lorenzo de El Escorial. Just for fun, before any festivities I'm to attend. So I get a head start early in the day, hoping to familiarize myself more with the area that I'll be in. As I settle in and take my Uber to San Lorenzo de El Escorial, it'll be about an hour's drive, which is fine. I'm excited to take in the countryside. As I sit back, I notice a new voice memo. It's Mel. How do you sleep? Hopefully the underworld stories didn't give you too many nightmares. <laughs> I almost forgot. The dog. Apparently they caught the dog the underworld demon dog, multiple times. The king did it to show everyone that it was just a dog and nothing to be scared of. But even after capturing it, the locals still heard it and said that no matter how many times the dog or similar dog was caught, the growls and presence can still be felt. And on his deathbed, King Felipe was said to have heard the dogs waiting for him as punishment for what he had done. The dogs can still be heard around the area. They are the devil's messengers. Up ahead is San Lorenzo de El Escorial. At the foot of Mount Abantos, this town very much has an older aesthetic, renaissance in architecture, cobblestone streets, a lot of uphill to it, and devoid of modern buildings, giving it a feel of an older time. This site is beloved by Spain, 
and its town and monastery have been protected and listed as a World Heritage Site since 1984. These specific sites are valued as places with cultural and natural heritage considered to be of outstanding value to humanity, and also protected since 2006 by Madrid as a property of cultural interest. Hmm. As we continue, I start to nod off a little. I'm awoken by a sharp turn made by the driver. Lo siento, he says. Then, I see something. The driver sees me, and he just chuckles. What was it? La chica de la curva, he says. Chica de la curva? Not long ago, a wedding was said to have taken place. They were driving, it was raining, and didn't see a curve ahead. Her ghost is said to haunt the road still. Some say her spirit remains there to protect those from making the same mistake they did. Some say she wanders, hoping to find the spirit of her partner. I ask the driver, what do you say? Yes, he says. Yes? To both, he continues. No matter where you go, you'll find a version of the story. Things change about it, sure, but the story exists. I like to believe a little bit of all of it. I get to the wedding chapel, tucked into the town. I almost miss it, as it just fits flawlessly like a piece of a puzzle. A beautiful piece, but still. And in the back, I see a small cemetery. And of all the places, and all the times, something draws me to it. To a specific gravestone. I get closer, and the name becomes clear. For the sake of protecting all those involved, we'll call her Esperanza. Her tombstone read, and I can't believe my eyes. Here lies Esperanza, gone too soon before her wedding, remembered by David, her partner-to-be. As I exit, a man stops me at the cemetery's gates. I can never bring myself to say bye. Excuse me? I'm David. Um, that is my wife. All these years after the accident, I can never bring myself to say bye. And on the anniversary of her death, I come by here. I wanted to come by an extra day on the eve of her anniversary. I couldn't help myself. I'll still come by tomorrow, sunrise when it's quiet, a new day, a new start, which would have been the case for us. She loved Dawn, but I was hoping an extra day would give me the strength I need to find the words I'd say. Maybe it'd give us both peace. I couldn't believe it. David, he survived the crash? What do you say to that, folklorist? I don't know either. Those dogs, Maybe they're on the prowl because they know Esperanza's soul still wanders without closure. Maybe? Could it be? Before I can even conjure anything to say, David smiles, nods, and drops a bouquet of flowers before disappearing. It's getting late already. I decide to get a rental car as I miss the train back home. I grab a car and... Okay, 
Rain. Not so bad. I put up the hood on my rain jacket I've managed to luckily bring with me at least. Always be prepared, friends. I accelerate a little bit faster. Of course, that's smart on a road I'm not particularly familiar with. Howls in the background increase. And so does the rain. I'm starting to lose visibility. When suddenly, ahead of me is a woman in a white dress. <gasps> the girl on the curve. I stopped in the nick of time, hit my head on the steering wheel. I come to... I don't know how long I was out. It's still night. I look around. I get out to see how close to damage I was. Let's just say any closer and this podcast would be called The Folklorist. Singular. I was teetering on the edge of a very dangerous curved cliff. Esperanza had saved me. I look around. She's nowhere to be found. The rain is coming down harder now. I get back in the car. It's 4.30 a.m. The car won't start. In the passenger seat appears Esperanza. Now when I say I jumped out of my seat, I don't mean that as a figure of speech, friends. I literally hit my head on the roof of this small sedan. Chalk it up to clumsiness, panic, and just not knowing what to do. I offer her my raincoat. Who does that? A ghost doesn't need a raincoat. Me, that's who does that. Okay, silence for a second. It's deep into the night already. It's almost the next day. I can only think of one word to say. David. Her eyes dart at me, not menacingly, but with great attention and pain in her eyes. Folklorist, at this point, you might think that I'm scared. And you're a little right. But without words, I knew what she was searching for. I point in the direction of San Lorenzo de El Escorial, back in the direction of the cemetery. And we just walk back in silence. In silence, but faster. We get back to the town, up and down the hilly streets. We turn into an alley and see the silhouettes of a pack of large black dogs turning the corner. We need to split up. I could distract them. Go, I say. And as I say that, I point to the grave. Not too far. Hey, over here. I call to the demon dogs. This is a terrible idea. I turn again. Maybe I've lost them. I turn another corner. And what do I see? Folklorists, imagine the largest, most nightmarish-looking black demon dog you've ever seen. Yeah, that's what was a few feet ahead of me. I run a path where I can still see the cemetery nearby. I see a figure near Esperanza's gravestone. I don't see Esperanza anywhere near me, but I do see her appear behind. Yes, that's David at her tombstone. He's saying something. What could he be saying? Esperanza's hand touches his shoulder, and that's when I trip over my own clumsiness on the wet cobblestone street. 
And this is where we started in our story. At the end. Where am I? I open my eyes and I'm lying down on an old, wet, Spanish cobblestone street. My eyes slowly open. It's nighttime. I'm soaked from the light drizzle. A low growl in front of me. The large, nightmarish black demon dog. It charges at me. I shut my eyes. And then... Nothing. It was gone. As if nothing happened. The streets were quiet. The sun was slowly starting to show. I turn to the cemetery. I see David walking away with a smile of peace on his face. I decide to visit the grave to say my goodbyes as well. And as I turned to leave, I felt a presence. I turned back and my jacket was there on the tombstone. The sun rises fully now. It would be a new day ahead indeed. I'd almost forgot the original reason I was there. To celebrate a wedding. Well, I guess today we'd be celebrating a few things, wouldn't we? Until next time, folklorists. I wonder what was said by David, or by Esperanza, or both? Did he find the words he wanted? What do you think happened, folklorists? Brian and I have our theories, but we'd love to hear from you. Join us next time for our next adventure. Until next time, Folklorist team. This episode of The Folklorists was researched and written by Brian Q and performed by Brian Q and Mel Martinez. Sound mixing and mastering by M. Glenn Sound. This has been a Quinnan Street Project production. We are a nonprofit arts organization fiscally sponsored by Intersection for the Arts and supported by the California Arts Council, the Chamberlain Education Foundation, and generous folks like you. To learn more, visit www.quinnanstreet.org. 